Thank you, Lord. Well, it's good to have you here. Hope you're glad to be here. And uh, God's in the house and uh, going to do good things. And uh, He has a good plan. How many think God prepares? <laughs> well, He's always ready. <laughs> always ready. You know, side note, He knew you'd be here. Do you know that's true? Knew you'd be here. Knew exactly the circumstances and situations you'd be in tonight. And thank God He knows, I'm talking God the Father now, He knows that Jesus has been raised from the dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. That's good, huh? He knows it. He knows the devil's defeated. He knows sickness and disease has already been given the boot. Already been kicked out. Already been destroyed. Already been defeated. Amen? So, therefore, what we're planning to do here, here tonight in our service, is guaranteed of success. Before we ever came in, it was already preordained that we would walk in victory. Yeah, God already had it all set up, so the enemy was just stuck, <laughs> and the problems that people face just in trouble. Yeah, my God, it's fixed. The fight is fixed. I hope you bet on the right person here. <laughs> it's already fixed. The Lord has got the victory already done. Amen. This is our healing service tonight—a healing meeting we call them—that we uh, typically do once a month. And, uh, and so if you came in need of healing in your body, then good. In just a little bit here, that sickness and disease will leave you. That problem will go. You'll have full functionality of your body once again, just like the Lord intended. Amen. And it's not anything we have to work up. <laughs> it's not anything we have to try real hard to get. Uh, no, it's already done. Already done. Jesus already won the victory. We're not going to add anything to what he did. We're not going to take anything away from what he did. We're just going to simply humble ourselves and accept it. Amen. Anybody willing to humble themselves and be healed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to be so proud. We're blessed God. No, it's not that easy like you're saying. No, really, uh, healing is that easy. It, it really is that easy. It's not a difficult thing at all. It's the easiest thing in the world. And let's not let it be a mountain in our lives uh, or in our minds. Let's not let it, uh, you know, have some, have some kind of power as if God authorized it to dominate us. God never authorized cancer. He never commissioned a, a tuberculosis or, or blood disease or, or joint problems. or He never commissioned those things to dominate his people and to ruin his creation's life and to sap the joy and the fun and the ability and the flexibility out of life. What verse was that anyway when God created sickness and disease? I haven't found that one. And so, no, these things are an enemy to, to the people of God. They're an enemy and an affront to God himself who loves us and gave himself for us. Isn't that right? And so what we're going to do is we're, we're going to stand up for the, the winning side. We're going to say we're going to let God be God. We're, we're going to let him take his place in our service, in our lives, in our physical bodies, and all the enemies, every word that has been spoken against us, every act of the enemy to bring us down, is just simply going to be stopped that easy. I tell you what, if you've ever run into a brick wall, uh, that's, what, that's what the enemy runs up against when it comes to a believer full of Christ. 
Yeah, when it comes to a person who has acknowledged the finished work of Christ and the power of God, there is just no, no, no budging. It is not moving an inch. Amen. And so, uh, let's get into a couple things in the Word here before we uh, minister to those individuals who have need tonight. Of course, we all have need to continually feed on the Word of God. Isn't that right? Keep your faith strong and keep your, 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 the knowledge and revelation knowledge of the Lord fresh in your life. Go to Acts chapter 14. Acts the 14th chapter. Uh, this is essential. Uh, in fact, you can... You can see that uh, in different places in the ministry of Jesus, people came to hear and to be healed of their diseases. It's important that we recognize they came to hear and be healed. They didn't just come to be healed, but the hearing and the healing went hand in hand. Everybody with me? And, And so the way that the Lord wants to get healing into people is He wants to speak to them first. He wants to give us a word, a message that will cause faith to arise in our hearts and easily obtain the things that He provides for free. And so hearing is a necessary part, uh, hearing and healing. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's why we typically, unless directed of the Spirit in a different way, which of course that can happen, typically we'll speak first and then heal. Hear and then heal. It's the same way Jesus did it in His ministry. And so... And so we want to take a look at a couple things here that will be very helpful because healings and miracles are the normal result of contact with God. And all we need to do is make a simple connection here. And thank God He's willing to make a connection with us. I mean, God, I have a feeling He could hide from us. (laughs) You know, He could get far enough away, we'd never find Him. (laughs) Uh, but, But the Lord is willing to make a divine connection with you here today. And when you and He touch... When there's a connection, oh, good things flow. Good things happen. Amen? <laughs> I mean, sometimes people look at that story in the Old Testament of, of uh, Jacob. Remember Jacob? He, he, he kind of was a trickster. But one day he had that encounter with the angel. He, uh, you know, he wrestled with the angel and, and even prevailed. Uh, it's an interesting story. Sometimes people wonder about that. But, but what happened in the end, end of that whole deal is Jacob came out with a new name. Instead of being a trickster and a deceiver, he came out as the prince of Israel. He, he, he came, out, came out as a prince. And so when you have a connection with God and you say, Lord, I'm here. I'm going to grab onto you and everything that you have and I'm not leaving without you. Kind of like Moses said, I'm not going unless I go with your glory. I'm not going to move forward unless your presence is with me. It's that determination, that tenacity, that commitment that says I'm not going to live my life without God that he's pleased with. And Jacob got done with his little battle there, and he came out a different guy. There was an inward change as a result of him holding on. Come on now. And and the same thing is true. When we press into him, and we follow after the Lord, and we say, I will not be denied, I will not be left out, but I am going to walk in all that you have promised me, all that you have provided for me. If I need to change, I'll change, but I'll do it by your grace, and I'll do it by your power. But I'm not leaving here without a touch from God. I'm not going away without his hand upon my life. Amen. Come on, we need some Christians who will rise up and take what belongs to them. Amen. This is not a passive life we live. This is something we've got to have some aggression to us. All right. 
Acts 14. Did I tell you to go there? I was right. That's where we want to go. Acts chapter 14. Uh, let's see here. Let's read over here in verse 8. 14, 8. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Praise God. That's a good story, huh? Amen. But this guy was crippled his whole life. Crippled in his feet. He had never walked. And within a few moments time, the guy leaped up and was walking because of the power of God. Because of the grace of God. The healing touch of God touched this man's life. Now, understand this guy. Let's kind of put ourselves in this scenario, this situation here. He was born this way. Okay, this is all he knew. How many understand that just because someone is born a certain way, that is no indication that God wants them to be that way? Sometimes people stumble over that very issue. They think, well, sometimes if people suffer in life and they catch things, well, oftentimes we can pinpoint the reason. Well, they ate too much of this, or they were exposed to this radiation, or they were they had this. And sometimes we can find a cause and effect. Not all the time, but sometimes we can see why it happened. But when someone is born a certain way, even some believers, they have a hard time with that. They think, well... They didn't have anything to do with that. That must have been God or something. No, 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 no. No, we live in a broken world. We live in a sin-filled world. Curse, the curse has affected human DNA. There are a lot of reasons why things happen, but it's not the will of God. Sometimes people even wonder nowadays uh, when it comes to behavioral issues, if someone has certain desires, if they, if they have certain tendencies from birth or as, or as far as they know from birth, usually not, but uh, from a young age, they think, well, that was the way that God created me. Well, that's a, that's a wrong way to approach that, that kind of thing. It's not about the way we live where many people are born with problems. Hmm? Everybody with me? Physical, emotional. And so even if you can take some of these other issues all the way back that far, it it doesn't mean anything because we all need a hand, need the hand of God on our lives. Even if you were born with perfect health and you have, you know, high physical ability and you're very, uh, you know, agile and are in athletic and everything else, you're still a mess without God. I tell you what, huh? I mean, I mean, sad story. I don't say this in any kind of, uh, way, but you know, we heard stories this week of a professional football player who who committed suicide. And you think, man, he sure had it together physically, exalted to the top of his profession, and, and yet obviously things weren't so good in life. Everybody with me? We all need Jesus for different areas of life, but especially physically, we know this. And this guy, he was he was born this way. And in their day, you know, a lot of people wondered. You read John 9, uh, and there's a story there of a guy who was born blind. And they're all questioning, why was he born this way? I mean, I guess it's a valid question, but they, had two, they, they gave the Lord two options. Did he sin, or did his parents sin? 
what's the reason for this? In other words, they had a belief in their day, many of their cultures, they believed that if people were born with problems, that uh, it's either their parents' sin that caused it, or they sinned while they're still in, their, in the womb. Did you sin while you were still in the womb? Kicking your mom and stuff? <laughs> but if you go back and look at that, you'll notice Jesus' answer was neither. He said, no, that's not the case. That's not the situation. Neither is the case. Let's just get this guy healed. And then he was. And in this situation, so we got another guy who was, who was born a certain way. Um, but he heard something. This is very powerful. He heard something that gave him faith to be healed. Because the end result of this is the guy is leaping, he's jumping, he's walking, never had, an, never had done that in his life. He never even had to learn to walk. I mean, he got it in an instant. He even got trained by the, by the power of God. <laughs> and, uh, and so he got all this stuff at once, but you back up. He's walking, he's leaping, he's back on the ground, and Paul perceives there's something in this guy. I can see it. I can recognize there's something in him. He's ready to receive his healing. Okay, how did that happen? Well, Paul was speaking, Hmm? hearing and healing. Paul was speaking, and something that Paul said triggered something really good on the inside of this guy that ended in him receiving his healing, his miracle from God. Everybody with me? Okay. And so, how many understand when we talk about faith, the issue here is not what... Paul didn't say, I perceive that... You have faith. No. Paul perceived that he had faith. Faith to be healed. Faith to be healed. Sometimes people say, well, I don't know. Does it, does it matter how much faith a person has? I don't even like to look at it that way. Because if you're a believer, you have faith. But I like to ask this question. What do you believe? Not, do you believe? We all believe something. Right? Right? We all have faith in something. We, we're all, we all, our believer is functioning, right? But the question is, what do people believe? This person, Paul perceived he had faith for healing. Faith to personally be healed. See, see, that's different than faith for, um, well, faith for anything. Faith for other things. Faith that God will provide my needs. See, is it possible to have faith that God will provide my needs, but not have faith for healing? Yeah, yeah. Not didn't say person didn't have faith. It's just a matter of what they believe. Person, person said to me a few years back, uh, relative uh, of mine, and he had a family member who was suffering a lot of uh, physical problems, and and he was making some statements that were just not right. And, and I wanted to be a help. And he, he said to me, well, you're just saying that she doesn't have, have, any, have any faith. And first of all, I didn't say that. And I told him, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> and, uh, but here, here, here's the issue. Sometimes it goes that way and people become so self-focused. And that'll sap your faith real quick when all your focus is on your own self and your ability to receive something from God. No, focus on him. He's the answer. You're not the answer. Okay, and, and, and when it came to this situation, you know, this person who was continually struggling with hardship and physical problems, they were sitting in, in a type of church environment, in a church where they continually were told, they were told, if you're sick, it's the will of God. If you have a problem, that's God working out His divine 
plan for your life. Now, let me ask you, if you hear that on a regular basis, what is your faith? Does, does your faith exist? Oh, yeah. Strong faith. Strong faith in sickness. Or, or, or faith that God wants it to happen and be there in your life. Everybody with me? Okay, that's not what this guy had. He had faith to be healed. What, what's the end result of faith to be healed? Healed. Just like the end result of faith to be sick would be sick. <laughs> Say, well, people don't have that. No, people do have that. People have faith in allergies. People have, people have faith in seasons, you know, flu seasons. And people have faith in my parents had, heart, you know, heart attacks and, or cancer runs in the family. And you know, by the, by the way they talk over the years, people put faith in all kinds of stuff. All right. We can choose what we believe. And so what I want to, what I like to get at is if this guy had faith to be healed, I want to know what he heard. I want to know what caused it. Because this guy, I don't know how old he was, but he was a man. So he wasn't a boy, he wasn't a kid. He was a man. And so he had this condition a long time. And everything he had heard up until this point didn't work. In other words, what do you mean it didn't work? It didn't work to fix his problem. Nothing he heard until this day caused his sickness to go away. But something he heard this day, this time, changed everything. What, what, I don't know about you, but that gives me excitement for those who've been struggling for a while. Because you, you can have lived 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. I don't know how old this guy was. 50 years. And then, just like that, one new message can change everything. One new word unlocks the power and the, the, the ability of God to work in your life. Yeah. So, I, I don't know about you, but I can see automatically some of the things that Paul wasn't saying. Even though it doesn't give us his sermon here. I can see that he couldn't have been saying, Well, you know, lip crippled man from Lystra. Uh, you win some, you lose some. You know, or some people just have it hard in life and you just got to learn to live with it. How many know he wasn't saying anything like that? He wasn't saying, well, you never can tell what God's going to do. He wasn't, he wasn't saying anything like that because that would not have resulted in faith rising in the guy's heart to receive from God. Everybody with me? Huh? He was saying something a little bit stronger than that. He was saying something a little more concrete, something absolute, something that this guy could base his life upon and receive from God. Amen. Okay? And so, it, obviously, if one is taught that sickness is from God, it will be impossible to believe that God will take it away. Impossible. Impossible. So we know that Paul wasn't saying that. And you get, you get faith to be healed by hearing that you can be healed. And unfortunately, in our world today, most places you go, you cannot get faith to be healed. You cannot end up with this result. You cannot get faith to be healed because it's not said. It's not made available. We're not told that we can, that God wants to, that it's His will, that it's a possibility. Or even an absolute possibility. 
fact. Okay, so what did Paul preach? This is interesting. It actually tells us, but uh, not just not in great detail. Right before the verse that we started in verse 8, verse 7 says, and they were preaching the gospel there. What were they preaching? The gospel. The gospel. So whatever Paul preached that couldn't be defined as gospel was the reason that this guy had faith rise up in his heart and ended up receiving. Okay? So the... Some of you know this, but gospel is not just a religious terminology and people hear about gospel music and, and, and that just means religious stuff, right? No, it's actually a very powerful word that means good news. That means glad tidings. Uh, what Paul was preaching here, the Bible says, is good news. Good news. Um, good news produces good results. If something does not produce good results, we might question whether it's really good news. And a lot of things can be said in the name of the Lord, in the name of God, in the name of Jesus, or in, the, in, a, in a church environment. Um, they can be said with religious terminology, but it's not actually good news. How can we know it's not good news? Well, if it doesn't produce good results. If it doesn't bring freedom, if it doesn't bring empowerment, if it doesn't bring victory, if it does, you know what I'm talking about? If it doesn't produce those things, the message might be off a little bit. Okay? Is that possible even from a, 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 a well-intentioned individual? It is. There are people that are, they love God, but their message is just off a little bit. We should, again, in part at least, judge that or determine that by the results of what happens in the people that hear what they're saying. Okay? If we're talking and talking and preaching and teaching and shouting and everything else, and everyone stays depressed and broke and sick and in bondage and addicted and in sin and in terrible relations. I, mean, I think we go back to the source and say, what are we listening to? What are we, you know, if someone's, been, if someone's been going to church for five years or, or ten years or thirty years and they're still full of problems in their life that they never seem to overcome. You know, I believe in praying about all this stuff. If you're a believer, you pray about stuff, but you might want to just, you know, pick up and change. You know what I'm saying? Because what you're hearing is not, unless you're just ignoring it, but what you're hearing is not producing good results. Okay. I didn't plan to say all that, but I'll say it for free. Uh, I'm charging for the rest of this, but not for that part. <laughs> And so the word gospel, again, means good news. What's good news to a crippled man? Well, I tell you what, healing is good news. Healing is definitely good news. And the thing about the word gospel, when you study it and see it from the New Testament, uh, healing is actually included in the gospel. It's actually included in the gospel. I, I know I met a man on an airplane a number of years ago. He was from Texas, and uh, he was a Christian, and we were talking. He was doing most of the talking. I was doing the listening, and, uh, and he was telling me about his church, and he, he just, without me bringing anything up or talking, he said, you know, in our church, we don't get into all that uh, healing and all that kind of stuff. He said, we just preach the gospel. <laughs> I thought, oh, 
not, that's not the same gospel that Paul preached, because when Paul preached the gospel, people got healed. Again, might want to check up on the gospel we're preaching. Might be good, you know, maybe someone's giving people good news in some areas, but not other areas. And I believe the Lord has good news for us in all areas. Yeah. And so, and so he was preaching the gospel. It was good news to this problem. Uh, sometimes I wonder, you know, not only was his problem, he was born this way, but what keeps a person, if, if healing is available, if God is real, if God is powerful, if he's on the throne and willing and able and wanting to be the healer in people's lives, and that was true even in the old covenant, he wanted to do that for people. I want to look at, well, what's keeping a person in their present condition. Why is God's power being withheld or it can't get to them? What's the root there? What's the cause of that uh, of that event taking place? And, you know, it doesn't explain this in great detail here, but I wonder if it might be just a simple issue of feeling bad about oneself or feeling like I deserve this problem. Or this is due me because of the way I've lived, because of my lack of whatever, uh, of righteousness in my life, that I, I deserve this. And, and a lot of people feel that way. And let me tell you why I'm saying this. Uh, I know that if you go to the first part of your Bible, that's called the Old Testament. Or sometimes we call it the Old Covenant, even though it wasn't all in the Old Covenant. Good part of it, good large section of the Old Testament was a part of a covenant that God made uh, with man. And it was quite different than what we have today. In fact, I'll just read you a verse. You can look at it if you want. But Deuteronomy 28 shows, shows a bunch of this to us. And, and the way that system worked in their day was sickness and disease was punishment for sin. It was judgment upon people who would live wrong, who would do wrong things. And, and I'll just read one verse. You can read the whole chapter of Deuteronomy 28. But it's, it reads this way, verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments and His statutes, which I command you today that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And then he went on to list all kinds of curses, and a lot of them are diseases, all kinds of physical problems. What, why did they come? What was the reason for them coming? Well, if someone did not observe carefully all the commandments of God and keep them. And that was a tall order. It was, it was the Ten Commandments, certainly. And it was a lot more than that, too. And he said, you've got to keep them all. And if you don't, the curses are flying. You are a turkey. You are toast. You are, you are in trouble. And the curses are coming your way. Now, good news is um, for those that weren't perfect, which was all of them, God did give them a system. It wasn't near as good as ours. He gave them a system of sacrifices back then where they could avert judgment by the sacrifices of animals. In other words, life was, was being taken from these animals so they could be spared. The judgment that was due them. Uh, however, that, that was the situation. So when a person was uh, having physical problems, for them to wonder, is this a result of what I did? Is this a curse on my life? You can see why many people thought that way. 
But when you come into the New Testament, the New Covenant, we know things have changed now because now Jesus became a curse for us, right? Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, Galatians 3 says. So we could be redeemed from the curse of the law and now we could be free from that. But what Paul was preaching was obviously not this. He was not preaching. His gospel was not Deuteronomy 28. Talking to this guy who was crippled, telling him about all the curses. Well, of course, there was blessings in that chapter as well. All the blessings if you obey perfectly and do all, and all the curses that come upon you if you don't. Because what happens usually at the end of that is you realize, yeah, I'm in the curse list. Junk. Well, it's good to be in church today. (laughs) But Paul wasn't preaching that. How do I know that? That would not produce faith to be healed. But he was preaching good news. What's the good news? Deuteronomy 28 is not necessarily good news. Even though there's some good stuff in there for the obedient. Right? The good news is, is that your ability to perfectly obey and fulfill all of God's requirements and all of His commands has been satisfied when Jesus perfectly obeyed all the requirements of God. When He was our substitute, died for our sins, the law was fulfilled, and now we are in Christ. Therefore, we perfectly obey and fulfill all the commandments in Him. Meaning this, that we qualify now. And so I don't have to think, am I good enough? Am I righteous enough? Is there anything that I missed? Is there anything that I didn't do that I should have done and that's the reason why this has come upon me? Or or, or anything of that nature. I can back up and say, no, Jesus fulfilled all of this for me. He satisfied the demands of justice and of heaven. And now I stand in His place and there's no guilt and there's no condemnation. So maybe it is that what, what Paul was saying... Again, I don't know, was he preaching healing specifically? Well, I know it's contained in the gospel, so if he covered the whole thing, yes, he did. He preached healing. But I, I know this for certain. Some of what he said, in fact, if you look at Acts 13, just real close there, as long as you didn't go to Deuteronomy, you're close. Uh, if you went there, we'll wait a minute. <laughs> Come on all the way over, round the Testament corner. Pass on through the Gospels. And, and, and look, in, in Acts 13, you can see some of the things that Paul uh, preached and what he spoke on. Uh, this is just the previous chapter, verse 38. Acts thirteen thirty-eight. Therefore, now he's speaking here. Let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man, that's Jesus, through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. What do you mean the forgiveness of sins? Well, sin would be transgression of the law. Sin would be breaking the law of God. It would be going against what he... So what, is it, what did Paul preach? Jesus, through him, the forgiveness of sins, and by him, him is Jesus, everyone who does everything they're commanded is justified. Huh? No, that's not what he said. He said, by him, everyone who believes is justified 
from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. And so we know at least some of what Paul was preaching to these guys at Lystra, which resulted in a crippled guy from birth saying, Oh yeah, I see this. Oh yeah, I'm free. Oh yeah, I receive this. And, and he, as this is going off on the inside of him, and the eye, his eyes are opening, and his, he, the light has turned on, as he's doing this, all of a sudden he hears this someone calling out to him, Stand up! Get up! And before he knew it, he's whoop, and he's up and walking, and he has received his healing. I mean, this is a powerful thing. It was that easy. He didn't have to take the course. He didn't have to finish and graduate. He, he didn't have to do a whole... No, he just simply believed what? The gospel. The good news. And the good news to, a, to anyone is that by God's grace and power, you are free right here, right now, from your present affliction. And anything that, would, that you have done or that exists in your life that would cause you to be deserving of the problem... Listen, and we could all raise both hands and both feet, uh, if we were to be honest. Anything that would, would cause us to be deserving of the problem has been removed. Now there is nothing in anyone who puts their faith in Jesus uh, that, that, would, that would deserve that punishment or that judgment upon their life. It's been satisfied. I don't know about you, this is good news. I, I've, seen, I've seen too many people. That come and they feel, uh, I can tell sometimes when I pray for people how, how hard they're trying. Trying real hard to get it. But listen, it's already done. There is nothing else we can do. And if we try to do it, we're interrupting the flow of God's grace. We're interrupting the flow of His goodness to our lives. Let's not try. Let's accept and rejoice. Just stand up and walk. Just rejoice and shout. This guy got healed without hands even being laid upon him. Amen. I mean, that's one wet, wet method to get people healed. But, you know, someone can just get it and say, I see that. Yeah, I got that. That's good news. I'm already free. I'm getting up. Yeah. He could have gotten up on his own. I guess he just didn't know he could. And so he got the little prompter. Paul said, you, dude, get up. Okay. <laughs> and he did what he couldn't do. Like the man with the withered hand, Jesus was preaching one day. And he told that man, uh, he told that man, stretch out your hand. And the guy stretched out his hand. Well, you I don't think you can stretch out a withered hand. It's hardly even there. But he stretched out his hand. He did what he couldn't do. And the power of God was manifest as he did that. And so I think this guy, at least some of Paul's message was, you're no longer guilty. Because of Jesus, you're justified. You're free from sin. You're free from sickness. You're free from all the curse. It's been broken off of your life because of what Jesus did. And you know what he did? He chose to believe that. Yeah, he just believed it, and it was settled. And, uh, you know, I've seen, in my, in my experience, I've seen a lot of very carnal people healed. What, what do you mean carnal people? I mean people that we wouldn't consider very spiritual. I mean, they just act fleshy. They're immature. They're just... Fl and I've laid hands on them and think, Whoo, that was good. And instantaneously change and result and, and healing comes to their body. And then someone else, I mean, they live a really clean life. 
you know, they don't smoke or drink or chew or run with those that do or whatever that saying is. <laughs> you know, they live a, live a really righteous life and they're trying real hard to receive from God and it's just difficult. I think what happens is sometimes the person who has really got their act together, they think that has something to do with it. They think, well, because I do this, this is, this is going to come to me. Uh, but it doesn't come that way. And that's why you could be the lousiest person in the building <laughs> and get healed in a second. Because what I've become aware of, both by Scripture and both by experience, is God is merciful. <laughs> he is kind. He is gracious. And healing comes to people not because they're so good, not because they're so deserving, not because they're so special. I mean, we're all special to God, but you know what I mean by that? It's not because of them. It's because they simply accept and receive and say, this is because of Jesus. Amen. Well, God needs me to be more diligent with prayer and witnessing. That's what's keeping my healing away. Uh, no, no, actually he wants you to knock off the self-righteousness and trust him. Amen. I mean, really, it's, it's just that simple. He wants us to stop thinking that it has something to do with something we do for him. Because that diminishes the work of the cross. And if that's the result, well, as soon as I get out and I start doing more for the Lord, then I know that the Lord will heal me. Well, then you get the credit. Then it's not to God be the glory. Then it's not it's all about him. Now it's some about him and a bunch about you. Right? Amen. We can't add to the finished work of the cross because of our diligence. Say, well, God expects more of those who've been saved a long time. Those who've been a Christian a long time, He expects more of them. Well, listen, listen. When it comes to healing, the only thing God expects of us is to accept the finished work of Jesus. He He expects no more of the brand new believer, of the, you might not even be born again. You might not even be in the family of God yet. The Lord will heal you tonight. Huh? Because it's not based on. Not based on you're good enough. Not based on length of performance. Not tenure. Nothing like that. Uh, it's, just, it's just we say, Lord, help. Lord, this is all about you. And Jesus died for me. I accept that. There we go. There's the power of God. I like this because even as we talk this way, the Spirit of God, you, you can sense the, the power of God almost like, like, a, you know, like a swimming pool or a, a bathtub or something filling up. This is more you talk, the more the glory of God starts to manifest. This is, what he moved, this is the environment, the atmosphere where He can do exactly what He wants to do. See, He always wants to move. He always wants to touch your life. Always wants to fill you to the full. Always wants to make your life better. Oh, He, he wants to do so much in us. But so many times he's restricted because we are so self-focused and so trying to be worthy of it and so trying to do all these things. No, but we sit back and accept and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It just is. Jesus loved me. He gave his life for me. And Jesus, Jesus paid the price. See, this is good news. Amen? This is good news. And God's able to operate and work right here, right now. Amen. 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 Praise God. Let's pray tonight. Father, we love you. We worship you. We're so thankful for you. We honor and bless you. We're so thankful for your presence, your holy presence, for the Spirit of God who reigns big in this place. Now we acknowledge you. Lord, we don't give power and authority to a condition or a pain or a limitation or a problem. 
You've not authorized it, and so we don't either. But Lord, we, we, we yield ourselves to you, to the Spirit of God, to the power of your presence, to the anointing of the Holy Ghost, to work in our bodies, to work in our midst. Thank you, Lord, for bringing all things to pass, for the will of God in heaven being done on the earth here today. We thank you that you're working in us, both to will and to do, of your good pleasure. We thank you, Lord, for the power of God, for the glory of God. Oh, that's prevalent and rising and increasing even now in our midst, because that's who you are and it's what you do. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you thanks for all the things that you do. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for the blessing of the Lord. Thank you for the blessing of the Lord. We thank you that Jesus is our healer today. We don't have any part in that. We just believe and accept it. Jesus is our healer now. So we rise up out of, out of our pain and our struggle. We rise up. We rise up and act like it's so. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. All the praise and all the glory. All the honor that you deserve. You're worthy today. You're worthy of all the praise. Worthy of all the praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Well, God is good. Amen.